Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hey everyone. Hey, it's us. It is us. You're about to hear a live episode that we recorded in Los Angeles at the Ruby. Yeah, uh, with the fabulous Danielle Perez Mm -hmm. about the movie Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, a movie I'd never seen. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get to that, we're just going to plug a few things at the top of the show, if that's all right with you. Sorry. (laughs) First and foremost, our next live show in LA is... It's a little different. Because mm-hmm, we are joining up with the Daily Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be with Jack and Miles. And it's a themed show where uh, all of us will be talking about the year 1999. Mm-hmm. So there's no shortage of garbage. Lots of material. Cinema. Y2K. Remember it? Yeah. Remember? Because 20th century was the century of women, right? <laughs> they retrieved really well mm-hmm. that century. Very good. Very good. Yeah. 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 So check out that show. It's on March 9th, 2019. Mm-hmm. 20 years later. Yeah. At, at Dynasty Typewriter. Mm-hmm. For What's tickets, th- go to backtalkhouse.com, click mm-hmm. on live appearances and uh, grab those tickets. Cool. Got anything else you want to plug? Yeah. I have a, a screenwriting class I'm teaching well, at the Ruby, quite our, well our normal spot. Thank you so much. I do mm-hmm. have a master's degree in screenwriting from Boston University, but I don't well like aware. to mention it. I'm well as aware. As you know. So that starts on March 10th. It's Sundays for four weeks. Cool. So if you want to learn about screenwriting, maybe you want to write a movie with a strong female protagonist. Mm -hmm. You can learn how to do that at my class. Or maybe you don't. And then Caitlin can discipline you at her class. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) To to sign up for that, Mm -hmm. you can go to my website, CaitlinDurante.com, click on shows, and the registration link will be there. 
Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to plug, Jamie? Uh, I'm going to be doing a weekend of stand-up comedy. Ever heard of it in Indiana? Ever heard of it? Oh, wow. In uh, smack in the middle of March, if you're in Indiana, love to see you. We'll be uh, in Indianapolis on the 15th at Black Circle Indy. And on March 16th, I'll be at the Tiger Room in Fort Wayne. The way you can get tickets is Google it. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. I love <laughs> Yeah, but hope to see you there. Hope to see you there. So uh, that's all we got to plug for right now. Enjoy the episode. Yeah, enjoy. The Bechdel Cast. Hi, what's up? Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Bechdel Cast. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Bechdel Cast. Uh, as you know, oh, well, I guess we'll do our, our live survey. So uh, clap it up if you have heard the show before, the Bechdel cast, the one. All right. Oh, I see some, some wide eyes. Okay, clap if you have not heard the show before. Oh, okay, I did see a, a couple. All right. Okay, cool. Thanks Don't, for coming with your friend. We're, we're not scary, <laughs> promise. Uh, well, welcome. If you've never heard the show before, I suppose we should just give you a quick primer. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about the portrayal of women in movies and how generally it's very bad. Um, <laughs> and we use the Bechtel test as a jumping off, off point. We use it to initiate a larger conversation about representation. And uh, if you're not familiar, um, for... You know, the people listening at home who are just tuning in to the Romy and Michelle episode as their first oh, spoilers. episode. Whoops. Um, no, you have to click on it so you know what they yeah. <laughs> And for those of you in the audience who might not know, the Bechtel test is a media test that you generally apply to movies. And it requires that there are two named female identifying characters who speak to each other and their conversation cannot be about a man. Sounds like an easy metric, doesn't it? Well, guess what? Most people fuck it up because men make most of the movies. Boo. Boo. And they I do think that I do think that of course the number one reason that movies don't pass the Bechtel test is good old fashioned misogyny. But I think that there is a level below that, mm -hmm. just below that, where it's like men who are like, I could write a female character, but I don't know how to talk to girls. How would I know how girls talk to each other? Better make them guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which is worse than yeah. misogyny. <laughs> I, I think cowards. that's... That is a, a branch of misogyny. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Cool. Well, that's the show. Thanks well, for coming. Thanks for coming. Bye. Thanks for waiting. <laughs> Hope that was worth it. Uh, I'm wearing my Crocs today. Uh, you look great. Listen, <laughs> I was fishing for a compliment, but I wanted to give some quick background on my Crocs before Please. we bring our guest up. Okay. I went on a very cursed, brief vacation with my mom in Florida uh -huh. in our cursed timeshare. Where my family has been paying like $6 a month for 900 years on a timeshare that allows us to go to Florida in the winter once every three years for five days. <laughs> <laughs> and we went and my mom and I did not do anything except go to the Crocs outlet. <laughs> and my mom made deep spiritual bonds with each and every one of the employees. And Very so these, nice. Uh, 
Thank you. Now, this has just turned into a brag of how yeah. emotionally available my mom is. But uh, we both got matching Crocs. And sometimes we talk about, like, oh, you're wearing the Crocs today. And today she was wearing the Crocs, so I'm wearing the Crocs. Oh, isn't that Women, nice? wow. <laughs> I love it. I don't have any such mom story, so. I'll text your mom and be like, can I mail you some Crocs? <laughs> to really improve the uh, relationship that's already good. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to our mothers, all of our mothers. Wow. Or, you know, or parental fuck your figures if they suck. Yeah. All right, we're off to a great start <laughs> with the show. Everyone loves us. Um, <laughs> we're doing really well. We, were, we had to thaw our cold audience and we yeah. didn't do it. <laughs> Shall we bring out our guest? Yes. Oh my gosh. A you, returning guest. You remember her from our Hocus Pocus episode? Ever heard of it? Yes. She's a hilarious comedian. Uh, please welcome Danielle Perez. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. This is exciting. Yeah, we're so excited for you to be here. I'm sad that I don't have Crocs. <laughs> <They're Yeah. laughs> That's when I feel like this is such a leisurely look. It's like velvet, but make it house <laughs> with the Crocs. That's honestly why I felt the need to address it. It's like the disparity between the velvet and the Crocs is so vast that... The movie we're discussing today mm -hmm. is, and I keep wanting to say for some reason, Romeo and Michelle's Summer Vacation. That's not what it's called. Correct. It's called no. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which is the same number of syllables almost. There should be a Summer Vacation Romeo and Michelle movie. That would like be a sequel. amazing. Yeah. It seems well, like it should there, be a franchise. Well, there was a sequel, but we don't need to talk about that. Catherine it was a, it was was a in series it. or not, a movie? It's not a movie. It was a movie? It was a movie. Catherine it like flew Heigl so far under my radar. Catherine. This was, oh, I mean, the movie came out in 97, so I think this was like 2000s Catherine Heigl. Like, this is like oh. before Grey's. Oh, oh okay. It was like a made-for-TV movie. Oh, that's why I don't know about Weird. it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Caitlin's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Weird flex. <laughs> I grew up without cable, so I've never seen a single television show in my entire life. Oh. I oh. am to TV, Jamie, what you are to movies. Oh, so. that is true. <laughs> yeah. I know all bad television. Uh, okay, so we're talking about Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Yes. Clap and if you heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Clap if you've never seen it. Wow. Hell yeah, right? With the you. same people who wow. have never heard. No prizes, no outs. Still have <laughs> <laughs> the same people who have not heard our show before also have not seen the movies. So How did you get here? We're so sorry. <laughs> who took you hostage? <laughs> Blink if you're okay. <laughs> There's always one stray at every live show, and I <laughs> simply love it. That's wonderful. There, yeah. Uh, uh, Danielle, what is your history with the movie? My history with the movie, I'm obsessed with the movie. I love the movie. I saw it when it first came out mm -hmm. in 1997 in the theaters with my mom oh, and her best. best friend and uh, her best friend's daughter, who was kind of like my de facto best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I was like 12 <laughs> yeah. when I saw this movie, and I was so in love with it. That's like, that sounds like the perfect circumstances to see this movie. It was oh, great. That's amazing. Yeah. Because, like, I don't, like, I never watched Friends. I don't care mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. 
That was the one show I have seen. I've seen Friends. I, of Caitlin. course you have, Caitlin. <laughs> what? Caitlin would watch Friends on Netflix. <laughs> uh, excuse me. <laughs> I probably would. I did the worst thing with Friends, which is that I never watched it, but I was like 11 or 12 when it ended, and I taped the last episode and watched it over and over as if I was very <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> Because I was conditioning myself to be an absolute fraud. <laughs> sure. <laughs> From a very young age. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Danielle, this is one of your favorite movies. It's absolutely one of my favorite. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. It, yeah. Kaylin, what about you? I saw it a few times in high school, I think. Or maybe I was, like, in junior high. I don't know. I saw it, like, shortly after it came out. Not quite right away, but somewhere in the early 2000s. And I remember liking it a lot at the time, but I didn't, like, really revisit it after that, which is a mistake because it's a fun, silly movie that I really enjoy. The dance scene with Alan Cumming at the end? Oh, my God. I learned that dance. I made my sister... And my mom's best friend's daughter, who was like my de facto best friend, I made her learn the dance. It's so rude. I keep saying that about her. It's such a thing, though. Because she's not, yeah. like, at the time, but not anymore. Oh. And it wasn't like we're ex-best friends, but it was, like, circumstance. Sure. We were 12. Yeah. <laughs> my de facto best friend and I ended up gaslighting ourselves into being like, no, we're friends, and we're friends to this day, Aww. man. I saw this movie this morning. wait so you've never seen this movie i've never no no and it seems like for i mean it on every level seems like a movie i was i would really love yeah and one of the few entries in alan cummings you know like entire body of work that i haven't seen because i am an alan cummings stan girl and you've never seen this i've never seen this and so this movie really delivered to me on a lot of levels alan cumming is like in this movie he's in it it's i watched it earlier today because i haven't seen it in years but i realized i'm like oh i feel like so much of my humor and like my love of like weird art theater people (laughs) (laughs) you know like janine groff like it's so 90s but it was like i was aware of those things like it made me feel grown up yeah and i feel like i learned a lot of stuff just like stuck in my brain that didn't come out till later from this movie. <laughs> this is an iconic movie. It, it, I mean, it's uh, for for all of its faults that we'll spend the next rest of the show unpacking. Wow, uh, she's got a list. It is. <laughs> it is like I'll say right at the top a uh, relief and weirdly progressive to see female protagonists in a movie who are absolutely mediocre. <laughs> Because there's such a Mary Sue, like, if a woman's in in a movie and she's the main person in the movie, she must be perfect in every way. She must be unkillable. She must have a specific set of skills, but not be Liam Neeson. And, like, (laughs) she has to be perfect. And so to see, like, two female, like, kind of, like, idiots be and i i don't know i was like that's cool you don't see that (laughs) a lot inspiring yeah we're almost every comedy is led by a mediocre man like (laughs) (laughs) i just appreciate mediocre female representation well that's what (laughs) equality is exactly yeah Yeah, exactly that's what it is give me mediocre everything (laughs) it's 2019 for crying out loud shall i do the recap yes okay recap 
Well, first of all, the opening scene, we've got Romy, we've got Michelle. They are in their beds that are side by side. They are making fun of a movie. So it's like, they're us. Pretty well. They're Jamie and I. <laughs> like, it's pretty well. <laughs> Except Kayla and I are usually in her, the same bed. The same bed. <laughs> Michelle has a cat. There's a cat present. Mm-hmm. It is, it's us. Michelle used to have a back brace. But I know, oh my God, we'll get to the back brace <laughs> represented. I was, I really, I didn't know she had a back brace in this movie. And I thought that it was only Deanie who had ever had a back brace. That horrendous Judy Bloom book that makes me sick to think about. Um, Hi, back brace girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, back braces uh, make you cool <laughs> is the thing. But yeah, they're, they're basically recording a Matreon episode, except minus the recording part of they're it. Wa- yeah, they're, I mean, watching they're watching Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. They're the saying some pretty regressive things <laughs> about it's kind of their thing. the people in the movie. But uh, yeah, so they're basically us. That's is what not I'm true. Saying. She gets really happy when they finally let her shop. Yeah. And that's, I think, shows a lot of empathy. But before that's that, true. she's like, yeah, those shop girls are whores too. <laughs> and it's like, hey, yikes. <laughs> 35th watch. There's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they're, they're best friends, Romy and Michelle. Um, they you lived know, together for for 10 years. They mm-hmm. live in Venice Beach, California. That's and right. yet only one of them is part-time employed. <laughs> <laughs> Supporting both of them. Very the exposed finances. brick. Right. A huge apartment. I mean, guys. Uh, I I mean I know this is the 90s and Venice Beach isn't what it is right now, but <laughs> but the finances of this movie are <laughs> baffling. Right. Uh, so one day when Romy is at work, she runs into Heather Mooney. That's uh, Janine Garofalo's character. Who is just this week softly canceled. <laughs> yeah, she was defending Louis C.K. pretty vehemently. and uh, Literally, quote, upsetting. leave Louis C.K. alone, unquote. Which is uh, yeah. a wild stance to take at this point in time. Yes. But, you know, maybe by the time, the, who knows, a soft cancel. Right, at the time uh, of this recording, she's made some missteps. But who knows, maybe she'll redeem herself. Anyway, so, <laughs> probably not. I don't know. It's uh, 2019, anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. All your faves are on. Alfred <laughs> Molina can be on the podcast. Anything can happen. <laughs> well, the one uncancelable man. Thank God we will never need to call back to this clip because he'll never do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So she runs into Heather Mooney, and they went to high school together, and Heather's all like, oh, you going to the high school reunion? And she's like, what? We didn't get an invitation, which does not get explored any further than that. Well, so much of this movie would not happen if there were any semblance of social media. So we sort of just have to, like, if there were Facebook, everyone would know what the people are doing, and there's almost no need to go to a high school reunion. And I feel like that's probably why a lot of people don't, because they're like, oh, these people are doing better than me. Let me remove myself. (laughs) Right. Yeah, the high school reunion's like built up to be this really huge thing that I don't know if it is anymore. anymore. I don't. I I didn't go to my yeah. I mean, reunion. it was like like Romy having that cell phone was like such a big move <laughs> and showing up with phone. a with a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was yeah. So and then Heather wants to know if Michelle married Sandy Frank. That's Alan Cummings. The Frankazoid. Yeah, I'm right. sure. <laughs> Oh um, my God. I could not get through this movie without saying every line. <laughs> yeah, I love annoying my friends with that very habit. Yes. I wanted to just take a survey of the room to see uh, do the teenage age people look older 
in this movie or Wet Hot American Summer? It was neck and neck for 35-year-old people playing 16-year-olds. Alan Cumming being like, no, I'm 16. <laughs> when Alan Cumming, and he's a terrific actor, but you can see the fear in his eyes as he tries to play a teenager. <laughs> he is soft 40 in this movie. But then you've got Justin Theroux, who I forgot was in this movie, looking like a major hunk. Oh, my God. To be fair, mostly concealed by a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, so um, (laughs) Heather is all like, oh, no, did Michelle marry Sandy Frank? Because she had a whole thing for him. And then we cut to... Sorry. I was very much in love. Very much in love. (laughs) (laughs) It was not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Then we cut to Romy and Michelle going through their high school yearbook, which triggers this whole, like... uh, flashback sequence when they're like oh which group were we a part of were we a b or c group and then they're like wait a minute we weren't part of any group and then um which sounds kind of insult but in their case is cool we're loners look at us alone they like (laughs) there's a picture of like the group and then they're just like in the background the background (laughs) we see sandy frank being in love with michelle we see who is a back brace high school girl yes important detail Mm -hmm. We also must mention the perm. The perm. Yeah, yes. The perm, perm. Yeah. The perm Michelle is perm. V- is vital. It's a, look. <laughs> it's a huge plot point. They're like, how do we age these characters down? What can we do? <laughs> and then we see Romy being in love with this guy named uh, Billy Christensen. He's uh, like the popular jock kid at school. Um, there's like these mean popular girls. And the leader of those is Christy. Christy. She's putting magnets on the back brace. It's a whole. They thing. have a special bag for it, which <laughs> they're like. Honestly, I kind of love. <laughs> I know this is a very anti-bullying time right now, but if you're gonna do it, go hard. <laughs> Be prepared. I enjoy the use of props. Uh, <laughs> That spoke to me of like maybe Christy is in fact the loser if she's doing homework to bully someone. <laughs> Good bullying is off the cuff, improvised. improvised. Uh, okay, so then the yeah, so they're going through their yearbook. We see them at prom. Uh, Billy and Christy play a mean trick on Romy, where she's like, "Dance with me," and he's like, "Okay," and then they leave. They leave Romy behind. We also have to suspend our disbelief for the entire high school sequence that like Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino are not hot. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Ooh, annoying. Madonna twins." It's like, yeah, wouldn't they be the dopest girls in school right, in right. 1987? Right. <laughs> Wearing mini dresses and yeah. like bustiers, <laughs> like, and then like Christie's always dressed like it's fucking Easter, and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, the hottest girl in school." I was like, "This doesn't make sense to me." You know what I did appreciate is that her color was purple and not pink, and I was like, "Look at Ooh, that! That's, that's true. really that." I feel like that was breaking some mold barriers, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> for like the head bitch. You know, not to choose pink. But she's also dressed, she and all the popular girls are still dressed like it's Easter in 1997. (laughs) True. (laughs) But then, but then the stepmom from the parent trap is there. Meredith Blake. Yes, in a power suit. And she's like, actually, (laughs) Romy and Michelle are hot. And then the Easter women are like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Oh, Precisely really what happens. Yep. I love when um, Meredith showed up. We, can we talk exciting. about how the last day of high school is prom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
It's like, we're not going to see anyone ever again. (laughs) It's the last day. (laughs) Yeah, prom is usually like two or three weeks before the last day of school, right? No, it's like two or three months. It's in spring. Wasn't prom like... Wait, when did your school end? Prom was like in... April, April or March? May. May? May. Yeah, I feel like it's April prom May. Was, prom was after my graduation. What? Oh. No, wait, maybe the week before. What? I don't know. <laughs> I all I I'm remember. Just so confused. I feel like prom was a good two months before graduation. Oh, I don't I- know, but also I'm. 34 years old. Like. Brag. Wow. <laughs> <Just laughs> FYI. What I um, remember about my prom is that I don't remember when it was exactly, but I do know that someone's tampon fell out on the dance floor. Oh, <laughs> someone getting loose. And then and then someone procured That's how it. you drop it on the dance floor, okay? That's how you drop it low. Someone was doing some serious work at prom <laughs> and misplaced their tampon on the dance floor. <laughs> And then I forget, like, some dork had it. He said he had a DNA tester at his house. No, he didn't. And he could figure out whose tampon it was. What he did was steal a used tampon. He sucked that tampon. (laughs) So that's just something that haunts me. Progressive. (laughs) Okay, well, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about that in a long time. (laughs) Who <laughs> says they have a DNA tester at their house? What a wide swing. What a, yeah. uh, did he think he went to school in the 80s and like <laughs> no one would question him on that? <laughs> Google search DNA tester. Oh my God. <laughs> that person later invented Ancestry.com. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is now the CEO of 23andMe. And when and he goes to his high school reunion, he can be like, I invented <laughs> DNA testing. I'm a billionaire with Honestly, a helicopter. he probably choked to death on a tampon nine years ago. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea what happened Death by man. misadventure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not you can't go on, on top. All right. So he we stole the tampon. Uh, okay. <laughs> he wasn't gifted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a different story if it was gifted to him. All right, so we cut back to the present, and, and Romy and Michelle are like, yeah, we're going to go to this reunion. People will be so impressed with us because we leave these like awesome lives in L.A., but then they're like filling out their forms for the reunion, and they're like, wait a minute. We are not that impressive. Let's try to find jobs and boyfriends. And right. there's a the, one of the my least favorite, like their eternal weight loss narrative. Yeah, uh, they're like, in two weeks we're gonna lose weight, get boyfriends, and get sick jobs, and then we're gonna go to our high school reunion and shake our fists or whatever. Mind you, they are already very thin, and they're <laughs> like, we need to lose weight. Yeah, it's bad. The <laughs> well, it's really more Romy because yeah. Michelle's eating that bag of Doritos. Sure. And she's like, I hate to say it, but. I do think we could lose a few pounds. (laughs) And she takes away a vintage bag of Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch Doritos. Mm. Sweet sponsor. Oh, shout out Robert Evans to the Doritos sponsor. Oh, yeah, Behind the Bastards. Woot, woot. Okay, so then they're like, yeah, what's the point of going to the reunion if we can't impress everyone? So they, like, try to, like, whip themselves into shape career-wise and, like, partner-wise and fitness-wise. But none of it none works. Of it works. So but they wear like, a lot of great outfits uh, doing it. So many great outfits. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Romy's treadmill outfit really spoke to me <laughs> on a lot of levels. I was like, where do I get it? <laughs> you got to make Romy it. Romy and Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> At their boutique. 
Which is probably on Rodeo Drive. <laughs> I mean, let's go. I love, I remember when everything was like a math question. Like, it's like, you got to get like X miles on a rowboat to get to town. And who wants to go to town with a guy who rides a rowboat? <laughs> that was my internal narrative. <laughs> Anytime a guy was lame <laughs> in high school, it's like he probably drives a rowboat. <laughs> That's a good burn to this day. It still works. Yeah. So then Romy and Michelle are like, well, wait a minute. What if we pretend to be successful and then we'll impress everyone? So they make themselves some business suits. They borrow a Jaguar from the dealership that Romy works at. A ja- what did Jaguar. I say? The car. A car, not an animal. No, I... T- okay, <laughs> you said Jaguar weird. Did I? Yeah. Oh. What, what did some I, people uh, say Jaguar Jaguar? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Some people say it like that. Which thing it's did shocked. I say? Jaguar. Jaguar? Jaguar. What is it? Jaguar? Jaguar. Jaguar. Okay. <laughs> I just need to say I know the difference between an animal and a car. <laughs> I'm like, so wait a second, are they on a horse? <laughs> That's a Mustang. <laughs> Okay, so Jaguar is wrong then? I don't Jaguar. Think that, I don't know what's I mean, I know Jaguar is right, but that's not to say Jaguar is wrong. They get an expensive car and they <laughs> go to the they drive to the reunion, but on the way, they're like, Oh what wait, what are our jobs gonna be? And so they decide that they're gonna Well, say a that. woman asks right. them. Oh yeah. And then they're like, Oh wait, we forgot to be specific. Because they really made a big deal about being business women. Right. <laughs> So then they decide that they're going to say that they invented post-its, but this leads them to fight because Romy's like, yeah, I invented post-its, but Michelle, you like designed them. And Michelle's like, wait a minute, do you th- not think I'm smart they enough? Were yellow. So then they start fighting about like what they think of each other. And then they're like, you're not cute. You're not cute. And then they decide that they're not going to be friends anymore. And that when they get to the reunion, they're going to part ways and go off and do their own thing. Then something wild happens. (laughs) (laughs) That I had to rewind to make sure actually comprise 15 full minutes of this movie. Really? The dream sequence? It's amazing. (laughs) But you didn't, when did you realize something was amiss? I hope this isn't too late, but when Alan Cumming could fly. That's exactly because I was watching it because I knew that it was a dream sequence, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "But when does it really start to get weird?" And it was like, and the music starts to get kind of funky. It was like, "Whoosh!" Well, because someone is like over the sunroof, and I'm like, "How could you be at that angle?" Toby, then Alan Cumming can fly. You're like, "Huh?" See, true. So far into the sequence, (laughs) yeah, it's great. It's really awesome. It's so good. But here's the thing: true Alan Cumming fans know that he can actually fly, so that didn't register as weird for me. (laughs) Was it the Christie ballroom with all the giant posters of Christie in it? Was it that? Oh, I didn't even notice that. Made to be like fruits and vegetables. Oh, that that was fun. I did notice that. The carrots and bananas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
the Christie ballroom. I was like, oh, okay. Now some. Now my uh, the cars waiting for them in the inside <laughs> indoors. <laughs> Michelle being voted most changed for the better since high school when she hasn't stepped foot inside the reunion all night <laughs> and is only wearing a bra <laughs> and no shirt. I mean, I feel like that is changed for the better. Uh, <laughs> this speech where she's like, I can't find my top, and everyone's like, woo. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> anyway, so there is a, like a 15-minute dream sequence where... Without the dream sequence, I don't think this movie is feature length. <laughs> no. No way. Wild. It is a right there 91 or 93 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be like right a 70-minute movie. Uh, like the Master of Disguise. Well, that's the thing with this movie, though. <laughs> Another I love that about the 90s. I loved an 87-minute movie. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah, The thing about this movie, though, is that there's about 10 minutes of plot and the rest is like dance sequences that have no bearing on the story. Oh. Like there's almost nothing that happens in this movie. And yet it is terrific. Um, there's so much there's internal yeah, friendship. Sure. Sh- uh, sure. But like plot wise, I mean, not a ton. Happens. But I feel they like go the, to the but not that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying like they, they try and they fail. <laughs> And then, and then realize friendship is the most important thing. And then the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, baby, do, do you, you know, know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. The soundtrack is incredible. <laughs> Such a good soundtrack. <laughs> it's really oh, God. Good. Okay. So then the, the dream sequence happens. Everything's weird. But it, they get a lot of it right. Like, they know that Sandy Frank is rich somehow. So then for real... Michelle and Romy go into the reunion and they're like, hey, we invented post-its. And everyone's like, no, you didn't. And then their secret is exposed because Heather comes and is like, no, some other guy. And then they feel dumb because everyone laughs at them. But then they're like, wait a minute, friendship is important. It's stupid that we're fighting. And then they put their great outfits back. Yeah, they're like, let's go out there and be ourselves. Uh Mm -hmm. And then Sandy Frank shows up in his helicopter and he's (laughs) like, the only thing I don't have in my life is you, Michelle. And then, and, and then the dance. And we're literally just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very few actors could get a yeah, sure from me for that kind of <laughs> bizarro, scary plot twist. Yes. But I'm like, well, it is coming out of Alan Cummings' mouth, so I guess we're rolling with it. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to them in L.A. They have opened up a fashion, like a, a clothing boutique. Presumably. Do they state explicitly that Sandy, like, venture funded their Yeah, she's they like, we, yes, we can, she's okay. like, I feel like we can pay him back this oh. week. And she's like, I think we're, like, two years two away. Two years away. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Sandy don't care. He's unhinged. <laughs> And that is the end of the movie. Wait, and but you forgot so in happens? the dream sequence... They each win the medal for like most change for the better, mm-hmm. but then they each go off with their like respective love interests. Right. And like then we flash Billy. forward to 70 years later. 70 years. So yes, they are yes. 98 years old. <laughs> and then they still hate each other. Michelle on her deathbed giving <laughs> Romy the finger. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful moment in oh. cinema. Um, it's yeah. I really like it's so great. Because once you find out you're in a dream sequence, they're like, okay, now we're just gonna turn go it up to it. a thirteen. Like, <laughs> Ratchet it. up. I, one of the weirder things about the dream sequence is in the dream sequence, Christy has a career, but in the real world, she doesn't. Which was right. one of the only things that I was like, oh. 
1997 was a strange time. Uh-huh. Where only in dreams could, <laughs> could a woman have a career. <laughs> but, but the one who no longer hangs out with the A group. Oh, she, Lisa Luter. Meredith. Lisa Luter. She is like an associate editor for Vogue. Yeah. yeah. Businesswoman. Uh, elegant cream suit. Yeah. It's good to see Meredith be able to play a hero. True. <laughs> I know, just for saying, all in all, they're not bad. <laughs> the and hero. Just a year later, she is in that scene in The Parent Trap where they're out in the woods with Dennis Quaid and a lizard crawls into her mouth. Yes. What a wild couple years. Wait, is this her. a Lindsay Lohan one? Yeah, yeah. she plays Dennis Quaid's new mother. wife. Huh. <laughs> Who's like, I learned what Evian was from her. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So where should we jump in with our discussion? Oh gosh, where to begin? What if we were just like female friendship? Yes, queen, and then left. <laughs> That's <Man>. it. That's <laughs> well, all. I mean, I do love that, like, female friend. Like, this movie just celebrates female friendship. Like, sure. that's it. Like, you're saying, like, there isn't really a lot of plot, and you just get to see two women who are adults, like, genuinely care about each other. And I think that's yeah. honestly, like, very refreshing. Like, you just don't really get to see that Definitely. in movies or TV. And it's like they have this atypical lifestyle where they, I mean, it's like <laughs> implied like by their like Lucy Ricky setup in their bedroom <laughs> that it's like they're like in it, you know, <laughs> like they need permission to fuck from the other person. <laughs> Uh, and like they're, I don't know, like they're, they have like their lives are built around their friendship. And then prior to this, uh, reunion coming up, they don't seem to be unhappy with that. Like they're, they have fun going out together, even when they go out to like, it's like, they're sort of like, we're here to meet guys, but they still seem to want to hang out with each other anyways. Yeah. Like the two Cokes with extra cherries and it's (laughs) like the bartender knows that's their order. Uh It's like. Okay, wait, they're party girls, but they're, like, not... They're sober. (laughs) They're not getting wasted. They're not doing anything crazy. They just love hanging out. Like, that part of it I just thought was, like, awesome. And then it's, like, the problem comes from their whatever the world they come from isn't wouldn't think that's a cool way to live and to be fair they should have like like michelle should have tried to get a job at some point (laughs) but in this world you could get a five room apartment in venice for you know like a part-time jaguar cashier salary Mm -hmm. What? I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Michelle has rich parents we don't know about is the only thing I can think of well, to explain yeah. this lifestyle. I mean, maybe Michelle was on unemployment. Maybe. Maybe. But then sure. she goes out for jobs and she's like very picky <laughs> and and unemployable because she keeps like messing up during the well, interview. Well, she was good in Versace. She was good Until. in Versace. <laughs> she's like you look like shit in that shirt i was lying when i said I'm you looked just really good. good at telling people they look good in things <laughs> I, but that is, so i feel like it's just i love watching lisa kudrow be so lisa good. kudrow yes. like so she's terrific it's so good and this is like mid friends where you can just tell that lisa kudrow's dying to not be on friends for two seconds <laughs> And she's so good. I also forgot how much I love Mira Sorvino. She's so good in this movie. I haven't she's seen so Mira. So I've only seen Mira Sorvino in like one other movie. That like, you, did you guys ever see Wise Girls with Mariah Carey? No. no. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to do glitter. <gasps> oh, that's we sure. have to. Come back. Will you come back for glitter? I will come please? back for glitter. I'm obsessed with glitter. <laughs> I really love glitter. Mariah Carey thinks 9-11 is the reason glitter did not succeed. <laughs> oh, Mariah. 9-11 I... is personally very difficult for her. <laughs> Oh my God! What an iconic scapegoat for Mariah Carey. 
So yeah, I mean, Jesus. this movie is largely about female friendship. Yes, uh, that is the crux of the movie. But then there's also parts where it's like, okay, well, a big part of these two main characters is that they feel their lives are inadequate because they don't have boyfriends. And then by the end, at least for Michelle, like she she ends up with a guy. I think we can presume. I don't know. I don't even maybe know. That he, maybe that's he just. True. I mean, he's in love with her and gives him a bunch of money to open up this shop. So either way, it's. I'm kind of all for letting someone think that you're in love with them and <laughs> taking their money. Yeah, I'm <laughs> down with that. I think that's a feminist message. Is that? <laughs> it feels like reparations to some degree. <laughs> but maybe, uh, maybe I, I'm. But I, I think the the not thinking their lives are good enough. Like that's for sure coming from Romy. Because Michelle yeah. seems very like, okay, I'll go along with like your plan. Like, sure, why not? Like, yeah, that's true. Michelle's like fine either way. Like, she's still like even after like their plan to make their lives better or whatever goes kaput. She's like, I still really want to go. Yeah. Well, because Michelle, and like, she's the one that like kicks Romy's ass. Kind of like, hey, our lives are great, and I always thought they were great. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't have to do all of this. True. I yes. Scene. I like Michelle is like the loyalist, loyal friend possible. And we can get into like the message that extends beyond that. But Michelle throughout the whole movie, whenever Romy is having an issue of like feeling inadequate, like Michelle goes above and beyond to alter her behavior to make Romy happy or, or be inclusive in moments that like, I don't know. I feel like if instead of, when when Sandy's like, oh Michelle, I just want to dance with you. Like Michelle's like, include <laughs> Romy. Yeah, which to Sandy is a wild challenge. But he's Alan Cumming, so he knows what to do. <laughs> he just goes, sure. He's like, I have yeah. the choreography ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, this choreography is for three. <laughs> uh, but like Michelle, often like in comical ways, will include Romy to keep her friend happy and feeling yes. secure in a way that Romy like. Not that Romy loves Michelle any less, but it, it seems like Michelle is the friend in the relationship who goes above and beyond, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. Which I love about her, and I'm also like, man, you don't have to do it every time. You could dance with S- Sandy, but I don't even know if she wants to. That's the thing is, I think she, I'm just like, I hope that after the helicopter took off, Alan Cummings like, so you're in love with me, right? She's like, no. And <laughs> no, but thanks for the helicopter ride. And he's like, do we like, see them right, Here's a million dollars. <laughs> do we see them kiss? They and do. Not, okay, that's and then thought. she's like happy that he didn't bring his big notebook. So they probably right. bang. Yeah. She feels his erection, I guess. Is yeah. that what she's implying? Yeah. Tight. Yeah. <laughs> cool. She feels Alan Cummings' big old bonar. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, it, for me, it didn't seem like a sure thing that they ended up together because it doesn't seem that like that kind of movie. Yeah. Right. Because the end is he's referenced in terms of like him investing in their business, but we don't see him on screen again. So, no. the emphasis is still on their friendship uh, between yeah. Romy and Michelle. Yeah. So they're going to be terrible business owners. Like that's oh, how yeah. you know at the end. Yeah, they're going to sink their store into the ground. But their clothes are so cute. They're so the cute. The outfits are so good. It was. It almost looked like Dash or something. It looked like that sort of venture. It is perfect. Yeah. Um, I would say the other kind of bigger issue that I have with this otherwise perfect movie um, <laughs> is 
that several of the plot points revolve around many different pairs or groups of women not getting along with each other. So it's yet another movie, I would argue at least, where we see uh, women just in conflict for reasons that aren't clear just because it's like, oh, well, you know, they were like bratty high school bullies, so... I think at the time this movie came out, if we were to put it in context of the time it came out, and I do agree with what you're saying... This seems to be, like, the given for, like, well, in movies, this is what high schools are like. There's mm-hmm. nice girls and there are mean girls. And the, what I was almost bummed out, I, and we sort of started talking about it before, but, like, between the dream sequence and the real sequence, where in high school, Christy was this mean girl. And, like, that is an exaggerated version of dynamics that sometimes exist in real high schools. Sure. And yes, media should be challenging those and, and, you know, giving young people different ideas of how high school dynamics can work. But it is a reflection of something that does happen Mm -hmm. in high schools, heightened to a major extent. But during the dream sequence, I forget which of them goes up to Christy, and Christy's like, oh, yeah, I'm the most successful weather girl in Tucson, (laughs) (laughs) which (laughs) felt more like the reality of Christy felt to me like less realistic and more reductive in terms of the story than than the dream version of Christy because in the real version of Christy she is like the popular girl who is always like I'm going to be famous I'm going to do all this stuff and then she ends up marrying her high school sweetheart and having three kids by 28 not that there's anything wrong with that but the movie tells you there's something wrong with that the movie has a really Uh, weird view about motherhood where it's suggesting it's actually quite nasty yeah (laughs) it kind of suggests I'm sorry at least Romy and Michelle didn't get fat, you know? Um, <laughs> but according to the movie, uh, Romy used to be chubby. And I was like, what? And, huh? and then yeah. people keep calling her that. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the high school dynamics in this movie are dated as fuck. Yeah. Like, really, really dated. And don't do that much to challenge those dynamics i'd say the most it, the furthest it went to challenge because in high school everyone's focus is to like find a heterosexual partner and do well and then 10 years later everyone's goal is to have a hex- heterosexual partner and do well in their career and so like nothing is really challenged there except by Romy and michelle who are like we're losers we're getting in a helicopter see ya. <laughs> and that's well i mean I get that, yeah, there's, like, the mean girls and a lot of these just kind of reductive high school tropes, but I did appreciate they, you know, it happens with um, when they're, like, talking to, like, Heather Mooney about, like, who they each thought they were in high school, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, yeah. everyone made someone's life a living hell, where, like, in hindsight, you can, like, you experience it and you feel it this way, and so that's your truth, but then in actuality, it's like, oh, no, it seemed like you guys were having fun and you had it made. And I wish I was like as cool as you and doing all the stuff that you guys were doing. And I think that's like a very real true thing. Totally. And then yeah. she's <laughs> the Heather Mooney character is very pleased when she finds out that <laughs> she has made the Toby Walters character's life a living hell. <laughs> that, um <laughs> Cameron Monaghan's character. (laughs) She's like, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I was a horrible wretch to you. And that's great. Um, (laughs) Just to go back to the, how the movie views like motherhood really quickly. It's this like 
weird idea. It suggests that like women who choose to be mothers have like given up and or it's, that they also can't have careers. Like it's this weird. I feel like it feels like leftover from second wave feminism kind of thing where it's like the focus is on women having careers, which is amazing, but it's almost like women can have careers, and if you choose not to have a career, fuck you. Like, it's not <laughs> a very inclusive view. Right. It's progressive, and yet also it is mean to mothers that the world <laughs> requires. Because then, like, Christy even says a line that's something like, uh, she's saying this about the Lisa Luter character who's like the Vogue editor. Uh, she says something suit. like, <laughs> such a great oh. outfit. Um, she says like, unlike a certain ball busting, dried up career woman we know, we're all happily married. And then like Lisa's like, yeah, keep telling keep yourself, telling yourself, yourself that. that. So it's, right. right, it's like this weird, yeah, <laughs> it, that was not handled especially well. It's very nice. Well, those are the yeah. only three mothers we see. Like, we and only they're all see the same <laughs> amount of pregnant. Yeah. They're all the same amount of pregnant. They're, they're all the same amount of bitchy and rude and mean. That's it. That's they're all dressed like it's A-star. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end, I didn't like the last beat for the Christy character where like her dress blows up and you see her pregnant stomach and everyone's like, ew, from their helicopter. Yeah. I'm like, this is a bit much. <laughs> right. She Because well, the, where the Christy character ends and like the popular girl characters are dealt with very weird and not like, not super thoughtfully. I feel like it's almost just like a cookie cutter idea of who a popular girl is, which I thought was challenged in the dream sequence, but then they were like, no, actually, we didn't want to think about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and at the end, in like the last 10 minutes of the movie, you get a very tragic uh, <laughs> setup for what's going on in Christie's life and her marriage. To yeah. the point where I'm like, I don't think she, like, she put, yeah, she put magnets on your back. Brace. I wouldn't. <laughs> People did that to me, too, and I wouldn't wish this on them. Like, <laughs> where her hu husband, popular Bobby, comes up, and it's implied that, like, he's not as, like, conventionally hot as he used to be. And he comes up to Romy, and he's like, my wife lied about my job. He got married to Christy. He's like, my no, I, do, I don't I do have drywall I do for her old man. Yeah. do drywall for her old he's man. He's also an alcoholic. Like, what does yeah. that mean? And <laughs> but then he's like, yeah, and I cheat on her all the time. You know, he basically is like, Christy's life is a sham, and I, I don't care about her, <laughs> and I want to cheat on her now. Mm -hmm. And then we still are supposed to laugh at her at the end. I felt so badly for right. her. Well, when it's that supposed to be this like cathartic moment for Romy where she's like, "Oh, I get to do to Billy what he did to me by like leaving Didn't me at the feel prom." Worth but it. Well, yeah, I guess the thing is, it's like he never seemed like he was never like any sort of real fleshed out character. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was supposed to be this objective hot guy in high school, and I was like, he just looks whack. Like he's not even that hot. He's no. not like Alan Cumming in high school would bang. You know. 100%. Also, yes. God, and he's attentive. <laughs> right? Yes. The Alan coming in the dream sequence where <laughs> when he has like plastic surgery. Is he present to himself? <laughs> he looks it's like, oh, Christopher Walken was your present face? <laughs> <laughs> he looks, but like Michelle's like, oh, you picked Obsessed. a great face. You're so dreamy, but he is truly frightening he looks looking. <laughs> he looks badly he rendered. So <laughs> great. It's so yes. wonderful. It but a yeah. Polar Express character. But like, what? 
is the deal with Bobby being like the hottest guy in school. Ever. <laughs> I mean, he's not that hot. He's super dumb. It's like, why does she even like him? I mean, we right. all made horrible mistakes I in high school. But the fact I, that Romy is still so hung up on him that, feels like a weird yeah. choice for the. It also, yeah, it just like doesn't seem like the best. It's like they're like, well, how much can we make go full circle in this movie? You know, mm-hmm. where I think if this movie came out now, I think what the writers might do is instead of them laughing and pointing at Christy at the end. Romy would tell Christy and then Christy would be like, I'm going to start anew and go to night school. And then she would also get on the helicopter and then all the <laughs> women would Regina be Hall? friends. With Reg- and then Regina Hall would be there. <laughs> a crossover event. It would be incredible. <laughs> uh, See, it felt a little yeah. to me like the end of uh, Jurassic Park when they all get on the helicopter away from the dinosaur island. Anyone else? No? Okay. Is that how that movie ends? I forget. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Sam Neill is like, look, pelicans, they're just like dinosaurs, or that's what dinosaurs evolved into, or I don't know. It's did a you, great cinematic moment. Did you know Sam Elliott got a star in the Walk of Fame this week? Nope. Who is Sam Elliott? <gasps> He's in A Star is Born. He's his the one old, role. He's the old, yeah, it's his only, it's his <laughs> debut. <laughs> and they gave him a star. Anyway. Oh, good for him. <laughs> He was snubbed anyway. <laughs> star is a star. <laughs> Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God, 
my friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another thing that I found to be not so great about this movie is one of the things that like temporarily breaks up their friendship is them being like you're not cute no you're not cute they're like arguing over how that each other looks so who's the marion who's the rota that's real that's That's real (laughs) that's a real thing (laughs) we were arguing today about who's the roaming who's the michelle oh yeah Um, let's just let's just ask yeah we've got a crowd Uh, Um, yeah okay clap if you think that me, Caitlin, is Romy, and that uh, Jamie is Michelle. Clap if that's what you think. Okay. okay. Oh, this might be tight. Clap if you think the opposite, that I am Michelle and that Jamie is Romy. Oh. Well, there you have it. Oh, there you have it. Well. Well, there you right. go. I do identify as a Romy, so I <laughs> identified as a Michelle. I'm pleased oh with God. this outcome. Okay. I'm pleased hey. with this outcome. Wow, our fans know us wow. so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I do feel a lot of relief after that. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, all right. To the one person who was wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I like that. that makes hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's a weird moment that I don't think if this movie was like came out today, I don't think they would be like, You're ugly. No, you're the ugly one. Like or I think it would be both very well, who's traditionally cuter? attractive. They don't say right. you're not cute, it's just who's cuter. Yeah. yeah, and I think it would be like or it would even be more thoughtfully addressed. Because I mean I think that I had a note about that too, but it, it's like the I don't know, if we're operating on the idea that it's like the high school reunion and the ideas within the reunion that gets between them, that argument makes sense. But the fact that it only goes I think if it was written now, it would be about their looks, their career. It would be about the three things they were worried about and not just like who's hot, who's not, like that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like it would probably be a more thoughtful discussion of like I mean, they barely well, talk. They only mentioned that Lisa Kudrow has never worked a day in her life once. <laughs> well, they do. So. She used to have yeah. a job. She used to have she, a job. She was a yeah. sales. That's Romy carries her. That's true. yeah, mm-hmm. right. So then that explains a lot of Romy's like, hey, like, I don't know. I'm I mean, the one who invented post-its, okay? <laughs> right, because I pay the rent, which is fair. <laughs> but then Michelle's the one that always gets asked to dance first. Mm-hmm. Again, very true of our relationship, our friendship, Jamie. <laughs> you. You pay my rent? <laughs> yes. And no one asks me to dance. Thank you so much. Um, um, yeah. But yeah. I think that that's, like, something that, like, does happen, can, like, happen in, like, real friendships, where it's, like, you kind of, you get into these roles, you know what I mean? Someone's always maybe the leader more, and someone sure. goes along with, like, the ideas. and Yeah, I feel I feel like the, the relationship dynamic is, I mean, I found it to be very relatable. Yeah. Um, 
but the fact that like one of the main things that they argue about to the extent that in their dream sequence when they're <laughs> 70 years older and still hate each other they're the thing that they're still beefing over is no i'm the mary so i feel like i get it if like that is like maybe a sentiment that people have in a in a friendship that they're like maybe self-conscious or you know whatever but um yeah the fact that that's like i would say probably the main thing that the argument is focused on where they do bring up like yeah i carry you like da 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 Mm -hmm. this and that different things about their kind of professional lives and stuff like that but the fact that that is the main thing it's very 97 the way it's presented and i think that that is like you you can boil down most critiques of this movie to like yikes thrilled it's no longer 1997 (laughs) for example Uh, but i'm not grateful it's 2019 either so (laughs) what do we do one uh, a few of the other you know 97 based issues that this movie has (laughs) there is uh, i mean there's that there's that queer phobic joke Mm -hmm. made by lisa kudrow at the tippity top of the movie like the like it's essentially a no homo joke when uh, they're dancing at the club when they're dancing right romy says something like i swear to god sometimes i wish i was a lesbian and michelle says well do you want to try to have sex sometime just to see if we are romy says yeah right michelle just the thought of having sex with another woman creeps me out Mm -hmm. but then then there's a a beat (laughs) and then she says but if we're not married by the time we're 30 ask me again this is (laughs) which nine like 1997 all over Uh uh-huh I right. mean, that's, like, essentially, like, the plot of, like, my best friend's wedding, right? <laughs> like, Is it? If I've we're not married by the time we're 30, yeah, what's the let's plot? marry each other. That's a movie? <laughs> that's my best friend. You guys haven't done my best friend's we wedding? Done it, no. no. I am shocked. It's crazy that I haven't seen that movie, and yet I've seen I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Girl, that's no. fucked up. Wow. Let's never do that movie. Don't. Oh, let's fine right no. now. I never agree. See, see that movie again. I would love to see if, what if Paul passed? Blart Mall Cop passed the Bechdel cast. <laughs> can we do, can we do <laughs> Blart March on the Patreon? <laughs> Sure. Okay. <laughs> both both blarts. Okay. If you're not on our oh, Patreon, there's two, right? It's oh, back in blart two. or something. I don't even want to know how much money that movie fucking made. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh, blart march. Look out. <laughs> I would also say that there's some like the, the way the movie handles race is also a very again 1997 <laughs> way of doing that. Is there anyone of there color? Is I would the I think there's Jaguar one, employees. Yeah. You do, oh, all the guys. The yeah. Say. Ramon. Ramon. Right. I would do that. <laughs> I would just yell that at my sister. <laughs> just yell out, ooh, Romy, you are looking hot today. <laughs> just like, what is wrong? This is a dumb 12 year old. Just an idiot. Right. So, the, like, the, the only. <laughs> The only person of color in the movie that has lines <laughs> is this like creepo, like predatory guy who's constantly harassing Romy at work. There's a few. Well, there's there's a few people of color who have lines, but they're all they all work as mechanics at the Jaguar. Oh, do we do we see them talk even? Well, they, yeah, we they're really just listen. they're going like, ooh, ah, that's oh. my boy. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, he's really doing it. They're like listening to like is okay. There's it's a not, featured extra. They're, they're men. <laughs> Are there men here? They're men here. <laughs> what if you knew your coworker was banging someone at work? 
Would you excitedly creep up to the door to listen? <laughs> they all but have a tin can. Like. <laughs> right there. That scene is like weird, but it, it's like a there's an easy A vibe to that whole scene. Right. Uh, like Which was fun. But then it's also like, okay, it's another example of like. cigar. Oh. Like no one's <laughs> smoking One of a the, cigar at work. When they, but in near oil? When, yeah, you work in the mechanic. <laughs> like, just. have a lit cigar that scene is interesting because it's like she dresses up all you know sexy and she's like i need a a, a jaguar uh is how i would say it and um so she's like kind of intending to flirt to like get her way into it and yeah. then he's like well what's in it for me and then she's like i'm not gonna have sex with you so like to some degree she's like using like a slight bit of her sexuality she's to taking get what advantage she wants of his crush on her right to get i'm for wants. that that's the thing is like it's the same thing as taking Alan Cummings venture money like <laughs> <laughs> it depends on your personal code of what what you want to do sure that means I would take Alan Cummings money <laughs> just like but that I also would. means it's like they need a man the help of a man to get what they want but then also it's like well <sighs> but it's set up in a very specific sure. way yeah. I don't know I mean I I do I do see what you're saying and then also the fact that like the only non-white people we see like work at the jaguar dealership or there's like one very brief part of the high school reunion where lisa kudrow's talking at oh, a group of people of color yeah. and they're the joke is that they are not allowed to respond like it is right like, yeah. they're like the asian good. kids that went to school that don't have names Nope. Don't have any backstory, and she just talks at them. Right. So they either is it a joke that they don't understand what she's saying? Is that that is they that just what it's supposed to be? That doesn't make that any doesn't sense. make any sense because they went to high school, right? <laughs> right um, in Tucson, Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> That joke was uh, weird and insensitive. Yes. Uh, there, and I mean, I, I I was reading back most of the stuff I saw in my research of like criticism done of this movie, which in '97 was largely uncritical. What a fun romp! And they're not wrong. It has like a 76 Rotten Tomatoes though, which Ooh, is hating mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, Man. probably Roger Ebert, that motherfucker. <laughs> I read the movies. Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert had some. Uh, deep-seated issues, but yeah. anyways, he wrote Valley of the Dolls too. <laughs> he <Yeah>. also <laughs> he d he didn't understand he didn't understand anything that wasn't men. But anyways, a lot of what I read was written less than two years ago for the 20th anniversary of this movie. And reading some of the more modern criticism of it is interesting. And there was one piece specifically I read that was published in Bitch Magazine. Ever heard of it? <laughs> in 2017. That was uh, a point that I I hadn't really thought of during my viewing of it, but the the whole thesis of it was that this movie is built around the idea that like white women are allowed to be mediocre, and that is like a goofy funny joke. Mm -hmm. But if you swap anyone else out, it becomes a joke that mainstream America probably couldn't have accepted in 1997, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. We'll link it. I really killed the room on that. <laughs> I'm just pondering the yeah, I mean, message. I, I mean, well, isn't I mean the Harold and Kumar movies? I have only seen one, mm -hmm. but like the one that we go to White Castle. But mm -hmm. is that it's a stoner it's movie? It's stoner, so it's a little different. 
but it's like they're just regular dudes, right? Do they have impressive jobs? I feel like... I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> what if they were Fortune 500? But also, like, <laughs> what is an impressive job, you know? Like, <laughs> let's redefine what that means. I know. That's I do great. think it's really refreshing that they are so unremarkable. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? Like I think that that's... I don't know. As someone who's like a girly girl who has vocal fries, is like a lot, all that shit, I really do love that they are fully just ditzy girls that get by somehow and <laughs> figure out how to survive. It's funny. It's refreshing. I don't know. I think it, I hate that like women have to be like exceptional to just be thought of as competent, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. That infuriates me yeah <laughs> so it is i think nice to mm -hmm. just see but that's one of the things real, I noticed. not that they're real people but it's like not everyone's gonna be like a straight a student and go to grad school <laughs> and like, like me and a master's degree in screenwriting from boston <laughs> university sorry go some on. women are just like okay <laughs> that's right fine. and they both accept each other and love each other which is i think the, the greater and more important thing mm -hmm. right is that there's genuine like friendship and support there right and it's For the sure. expectations of the world that bring in the conflict I would say, though, and this isn't really a criticism, but it was just something I noticed, that is that they are both, like, very stereotypically, like, hyper-feminine in mm -hmm. their, you know, appearance and their behavior and their interests and stuff like that. Like, we don't know that much about them aside from they love fashion. They love, you know, wearing unique outfits <laughs> and fun frisky use of color it's so weird that they're just i don't i don't know where everyone keeps this movie gaslights you in a number of ways whether you're like lisa kudrow and mira sorvino are ugly and that their outfits what? make them or look that they, cheap well that they think that about themselves or that they well, no, they, in high school everyone's called oh, sure. like they're like supposed oh, yeah. to be these ugly well, ducklings the and they're hotter so than everyone there yeah. it's confusing that is bizarre yeah and that their clothes are stupid when we all know that their clothes they're are cool. great <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, uh like they think about themselves that they need to lose weight and one of the things they're fixated on is like weight loss and and stuff like that which is like Again, for like 1997, a very stereotypical, I feel like. The kickboxing thing. class. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, again, like this isn't a criticism, but they're just like very hyper, hyper feminine. Um, yeah. Who wrote the movie? How did this Ooh. even happen, truly? It there is written by Robin Schiff, based on a play yeah. that she also wrote. Mm. Um, oh, wow. Directed by a man, David Merkin. Merk? Is that Merkin? right? Merkin? <laughs> Sorry, feminist icon. <laughs> Don't need to know anything let else me, about him. His last name is Merkin. Let me just make sure I didn't He's mistype this. I'm gonna go on IMDb. Is his name David Merkin? It is right. It is. What okay. else is he directed? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, do we have any other final thoughts about? the film i don't know i mean i can't think of cameron man <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> what a sweetheart <laughs> that was really i i, I love that uh, she was like please don't tell me to go fuck myself it really hurts my feelings yeah. i mean that's so real and vulnerable mm. i know like I, she's like clearly i've been to a lot of therapy worked on herself worked <laughs> it out She's done the work. She's setting mm -hmm. boundaries. 
creating an expectation. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I, li- I mean, I, th- I would assume this movie paved the way for a lot of other, like, because this movie is, like, very well loved. It was loved when it, w- when it came out, which never happens, uh, especially in 1997, of, like, a female-led uh, major comedy movie. Like, that, it, it, it broke a lot of barriers in many ways for, for all of its fault. And just I, a mediocre female friendship you don't see anywhere, even in an era where I feel like now we're getting more female representation than in past years, but there is still like that symptom of the Mary Sue of like the women who are allowed to be the leads in movies are superheroes or they're yeah, they perfect. Be perfect. You still can't be like a fucking idiot. Like I just, p- true progress is <laughs> female idiot representation. <laughs> <laughs> and this is it, and this it's and it. it's great and pure and like very. I don't know. I I really like this movie. I will say that it is yet another movie with a female lead, or in this case, two female leads, mm-hmm. uh, that ends in like a formal social event. Usually, sure. it's a wedding, a prom, <laughs> a ball. This but I it's would in the say title. the high school yeah. reunion. They you don't have like to it, go don't watch but it. But it, it ends. So it ends in their store. Okay, but a big component of <laughs> this movie, I would argue, is the reunion. Expand. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> let me... It's different from those, like, the typical examples of it being, like, a wedding or a prom, which is what it usually is, but it's still... I feel like female-centered stories feel like they always have to end in some sort of, like big formal social event because that's what women like to do. The only thing I would say there is that a reunion is less of a gendered seeming event where everyone's whipping their dick out real or figurative, (laughs) putting it on the table at the reunion saying, this is what I've done. Yeah. I think that if it ended, if it truly ended at the reunion and they go in the helicopter and that's it, like I would be down with that. But it's like, but they have their store. They become the successful businesswomen that they set out to, to be. To yeah. be. Yeah. True. I mean, for a pair of mediocre dum dums, <laughs> they sure do. Uh, they're girl bosses now. <laughs> they are girl bosses. Girl bosses. They what have a, a big term. Giant baby that curses and says shit a lot. Oh, yeah. Janine Garoppolo. Uh-huh. Oh, Janine. I, so uh, that character. That character is so fun too. That Heather character Rooney. comes full circle. Oh, yeah, the the fact that they like help each other out mm-hmm. instead of like continuing their sort of like yeah. antagonistic. She has friends now. Yeah. yeah. She raw dogs. Uh, Janine Raw Dogs, the, the, the cowboy. cowboy. Mm-hmm. So that's Justin always good mm-hmm. news, you know. That's <laughs> raw dogging in a field. Yeah. Oh, usually good news. <laughs> usually. How I mean, optimistic are you, <laughs> Jamie? That usually in a field. Well, I guess there's no way to say it without good. revealing too much of my personal history. Should we take any questions or comments from the crowd? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have oh, time yeah, for questions. a, a few. Do we, what Does do we, anyone what do have we, any? What do we miss? Oh, yeah. Yes. Hi, I'm right here. Hi. What's your Jamie. name? <gasps> wow. I know, yeah. Spelled differently, maybe. Let's but. fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as soon as we saw feminist icon cat eating junk food on the couch, we got very excited for a potential cat facts with Caitlin. So I was hoping I could request that. Ooh, <laughs> set her up. So it's uh, Michelle. She's flipping through the magazine. She's like, I don't understand how models work or magazines. <laughs> 
And then in the background, it's eating cake, the cat. It's like a piece of cake. They're fine with it, too. Yeah. Because what's alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's not alive woman. Because what Romy alive. and Michelle are eating are jelly beans and nothing else, it seems. There's a lot of great product placement in that yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. There's a whole shot where you're just like, oof, we've just made $20,000. <laughs> but you're right. There is a cat in the background um, that is eating cake. And just in case anyone was curious, cats do have eight nipples. This is Cat Facts with Caitlin. Although I recently learned that that is is not necessarily true sometimes <laughs> cats <laughs> wow sometimes cats have a it's a cat alternative fact it's this is please represent cats news all numbers facts. Uh, sometimes cats have as few as four nipples or as many as 10 apparently wow. so i've been wrong the whole time <laughs> But an average of eight, I believe. I'm so that's shaken to my marrow. <laughs> I know. Uh, any other questions, comments? Well, okay, I guess great. we nailed it. Yeah, we nailed we it. Killed um, it. Let's discuss whether or not the movie passes the Bechdel test. Yes. Uh, it does. <laughs> Yay! In the very first scene and the very first lines that are spoken, like Romy and Michelle, they're talking about Pretty Woman and how the sales women in that movie are whores. So it's maybe not <laughs> the most progressive passing that we've but seen. I, but I also think that there's a sub-pass in that scene where the scene in Pretty Woman is also passing the Oh, sure. Test. Oh, yeah. So well, perhaps as a new record. Do, Wait, do the saleswomen have actual names? That's what I was going to ask. I don't know. I've never seen Mary Sue. <laughs> Mar- Wait, what? When the man is like, when she goes to the shop where they do help her, mm-hmm. he's like, Mary Beth, Mary Sue. <gasps> help this woman. Help this woman. But do they pass. speak? I would imagine I so. I think they do because they're having some sort of conflict in the store. She's like, in the go scene. get me this shirt. And then that's, <laughs> and she's like, okay, that's, that would be a pass. I'm going to, I'm going to hope and pray that it's a, our first tr- double a, pass. Oh yeah. Double pass. Yes. And then several of the it. passes are also Janine Garofalo telling Toby to fuck off. Um, so, but a lot they of have a fun dynamic. <laughs> a lot of the scenes do pass. A lot, a lot yeah. of the conversations do pass. And uh, yeah, it's a hard yes. Yeah, absolutely. Let's read the movie on our nipple scale. All right. Nipple scale. Nipple. Okay. Well, has the nipple Ooh. scale Tough changed crowd. now that Tough we have crowd. this new cat fact? Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, anywhere between four and ten nipples <laughs> 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 is the new scale. <laughs> Or we could stick with the old one, which is to rate the movie uh, zero to five nipples based on its portrayal and representation of women. Um, I'm going to go with a three, I think, for this. Um, because while it, it's, you know, it's a, a celebration of female friendship, always love stories like that, there is still a lot of, like, antagonism among different women in the story. And, you know, the way that the movie handles queerness and race is not well and also there's that weird incest joke where she's like yeah you lost your virginity to your cousin oh yeah i wouldn't brag about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's like again like the very like 1997 based attempts at humor that are generally regressive but the female friendship aspect of it and the fact that they even though they're like 
feuding for a little while. Feud, a show that Alfred Molina was snubbed for (laughs) at the Golden Globes last year. (laughs) So they're feuding for part of the movie, but their, you know, their friendship is pure and beautiful. um, And I love it. So three nipples and uh, I will give them all to the unnamed orange cat who eats cake. Uh, I'll go three on this one as well. Uh, I, I agree with, with what you're saying, where there is definitely some dated dynamics between some of the female groups that I think could have, it wouldn't have been that hard to resolve or at least subvert a little bit. I feel like there's not really much subversion done with the high school dynamics where For sure. it's one thing to present like popular girls, not popular girls, and then the way they interact with each other 10 years later could be telling or, or reflect something about how people grow over time. Mm-hmm. But this movie doesn't really go for that. And in fact, <laughs> ends on a joke making fun of a pregnant woman. So yeah. that's not great. <laughs> you know, it's, it's. I mean, yeah, 1997, it's a very white movie. It's uh, some, and sometimes I couldn't tell Mira Sorvino and Lisa Kudrow apart. <gasps> that was, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but it, it is confusing. <laughs> and... But uh, mediocre female representation needs to take hold in culture. That's the marker of true progress. When non-exceptional women can be in charge of a movie and capture the hearts of millions without being punched down at all the time or made a mockery of, I think that's great. Also, back brace girls. And that's, you know. Mm-hmm. I If you've read Deanie by Judy Bloom. <laughs> you'll know that seeing a back brace girl that's not Deanie is critical. And Alan Cumming is oh, handsome. So the best. He's so cute. I include that in my representation of women's <laughs> score. <laughs> uh, three nippies. Great. And I'll give one to Romy, one to Michelle, and one to Alan. Five, because I'm a stan. <laughs> yeah, it's problematic. Everything's problematic. Everything it's is. 2019. Yes. <laughs> it's a beautiful movie. <laughs> she she does the which guy will I have sex with at the reunion. <laughs> that good That's in a movie. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Someone yeah. wrote it down, and then they spent money shooting it, lighting it, sounding it. <laughs> I just, I love that it's so girly, mm-hmm. and that yeah. they get to be so girly. And unapologetically yeah. so. Like, very... Also, was anyone getting Thelma and Louise vibes when they're, like, driving through the desert in yes. a convertible? They've got scarves on their heads. What an homage. I love. I was thinking recently, I was like, what if we try? We went on YouTube and we tried to do the Thelma and Louise challenge, which is you just drive off a cliff with your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and that can't tape be it on real. your phone. <laughs> what? No, it's I'm going to make it happen. That's oh, how we're going to kill gonna. the Paul brothers. <laughs> so, the Thelma and Louise challenge. <laughs> it's a good idea. Tell it to anyone you hate. <laughs> I so hope that catches on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Give it up for Danielle Perez. Where can people follow you online? What would you like to plug? Follow me online at Diva Deluxe, Noe at the end on Twitter and Instagram, and check out my show dates at thedaniellepérez.com. Hooray! Thanks to all of you for being here. Thanks to the Ruby for having us, and get home safe. Have a great night. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey, real quick. Yeah. Something we didn't mention during the live show, but I think it is worth mentioning. Definitely. Is that Mira Sorvino, who plays Romy in the movie, basically got blacklisted in Hollywood by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. For a while. (laughs) Our king, Uh JK, uh, fuck him straight to hell. Some of the reading that I had done Mm -hmm. said that uh, he sexually harassed her and uh, then told Peter Jackson to not consider her for a role in Lord of the Rings. Awful. Mm -hmm. Terrible. But I would, you know, I hate Lord of the Rings. I know you do. I love Mira Sorvino. So So. (laughs) for me, that works out. But she did not deserve any of what she got. Um, Also, she had worked with Woody Allen Mm -hmm. in a movie that earned her an Oscar. Yeah, uh, shortly before... Shortly before Romy and Michelle. Mm -hmm. And then she later apologized to Dylan Farrow for having previously praised his work and for kind of ignoring Dylan Farrow and the things that she uh, had been saying about Woody Allen. Yeah. Mira Sorvino tends to be on the the right right side side. of history. Yes. In every way. So we tip our hat to her. And uh, yeah, that just is worth the mention. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. So and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And speaking of thanks, we mm-hmm. wanted to say thanks to the Ruby for having us. As always. To all of their staff for all of their help. For To everyone who came to the show to watch. To Sammy. To Sammy for recording for us. Mm-hmm. Friend of the cast. Friend of the cast. And uh, yeah, and thanks to you listeners for doing just that. Listening. Uh, <sighs> you can find us uh, on social media in all the regular places. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. at Bechtel cast. Yarp. Uh, you can join our Patreon, aka Matreon. Well, how do you do that? Well, you go to patreon.com slash Bechtelcast and then <gasps> you pledge a simple $5 a month, which then enables you to listen to two extra episodes a month, which is honestly a deal. What a damn good special. That's what we hear in the biz call a deal. <laughs> also, people sometimes ask us uh, if they'll get access to the back catalog of our Matreon episodes if they join right now. And the answer is yes, yes. 100%. And there's tens of them at this point. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> tens of them. Indeed. So join that. Just get over there. If you want a good time. Support the show. Mm-hmm. And then another thing you could do to support the show is to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listened to the podcast. Yes, please. And you can go to our merch store, tpublic.com slash the Bechtelcast, and mm-hmm. buy yourself a little feminist icon, non-binary icon, queer icon, feminist icon, Alfred, Alfred Molina. Molina. Uh, amongst other many designs. designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as always, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. See, See you next time. time. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.